Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hey, it's Erica Cruz Guevara, producer for The Bay, here in the host seat today. And before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this episode contains descriptions of death and police violence. If there's one name that's been popping up all over my socials these past few weeks, it's the name Angelo Quinto. Angelo Quinto was a 30-year-old Filipino-American who died after his family says Antioch police kneeled on his back near the neck while he was in the middle of a mental health crisis. And his death is bringing national attention to a Bay Area suburb that has resisted police reforms for years. Antioch is one of the most reform-resistant police departments that I have covered. All you have to do is look at body cameras to understand that that is a resist, a, a deep resistance to any kind of reform, any kind of change. There hasn't quite been a moment like this in Antioch, where there's now a majority Black city council, organized activists, and a community of Filipino Americans from across the country demanding justice for Angelo Quinto. Today, why this could be the chance to reform the Antioch Police Department. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. The last week of February, there were two city council meetings, and they were incredibly raw and long and epic. Sandia Dirks is a race and equity reporter for KQED. One of them was a normal city council meeting. Calling this uh, main order at uh, 530. 
that really became about the death of Angelo Quinto at the hands of the Antioch Police Department, with people calling in from across the country. We demand justice for Angelo Quinto. I stand in solidarity with the family of Angelo. I am calling in to condemn the senseless murder of Angelo Quinto. The Antioch City Council must act. I am based in Massachusetts. I am calling from Washington, D.C. I am a resident of Minneapolis, Minnesota. The other one was a special city council meeting that was called by the mayor in order to talk about specifically police reform. Change is oftentimes very difficult. Today, it's just a piece of the larger conversation. This is just the beginning, the jumping off point, conversations that will continue happening. As I said earlier this week, we as a society have placed an enormous burden on police services. How do we look at the change that we as a country, state, region, and city are going through? Tonight, we're looking to see which areas need further and deeper discussion. The city council meetings um, have been different in Antioch for a little bit. They've been trending differently for a little bit. And they tend to have a lot of attention around them when they get to police and police issues. So this is not the first time that someone has been killed by the Antioch Police Department. But it's the first time I have seen so many people show up. Uh, Can we get a quick overview of how many comments we have? So we have about 215. You're talking meetings where 300 people either write in or talk. Mm -hmm. And they were there because of the December killing, the, the December police killing of Angelo Quinto. Can you just tell me like who... Angelo Quinto was, just a little bit about him. Angelo Quinto was a 30-year-old Filipino Navy veteran. And in many ways, he was a kind of normal 30-year-old. I don't think people understand that I'm just pretty damn normal. There's this amazing video of him uh, that he took of himself and posted on Instagram a few weeks before he died, and he's out taking a walk and sort of meditating on his future and his dreams and his hopes. I was really into art. I used to love to go to shows. Uh, I knew a lot of people that were all over town, just always playing stuff, and it was was such such a great time. And they helped me be more creative. They feel like it brought out a lot of the things that I didn't know I had in myself. He also had a history of mental health issues, like many of us have. I left the Bay Area because I was dealing with a lot of my own stuff, my own personal issues. Um, It got too intense for me, so I left. I'm trying to take my time to uh, making something, doing something creative, being more productive, trying to keep my mind clear, trying to keep myself healthy. Um, And let's go back to when I... So what happened to Angelo Quinto? Why did police show up to his house? This incident between uh, these police officers and Angelo Quinto happens on December 23rd. It's clear that he was having some kind of mental health crisis. He was disoriented. He was freaking out. We know he scared his family, right? He scared them enough to call 911 for help. When police showed up, his mother was holding him in in a bear hug. The police sort of pulled him out of her arms. And basically the next thing we know was what we see in this video that his mom took, which is his whole entire body has gone limp. 
His face is bloated and red. He is taken by the paramedics to the hospital where he dies a few days later in the hospital. We don't know how he was killed, right? That's still very much uh, being investigated and being contested by the police narrative. Um, but we know that during being held by the Antioch Police Department, he died. And the family, of course, has has kind of shared with the public their own account of, of what they saw police doing that night. Can you talk a little bit about what they say they saw police doing? What they saw was a a knee-to-neck restraint. The reason that might ring some really kind of haunting bells is because that is how George Floyd was killed. When does the public actually learn about what happened to Angelo? More than a month went by, you know, almost two months. I think a month and a half goes by, and there's no sort of sign of this. There's no news stories. There's no sort of nothing in the police uh, blotter, nothing in police information about this. And basically what what happened was the family went public. Good morning, everyone. They lawyered up. They got John Burris, who is very well known in the Bay Area as a civil rights lawyer who takes on cases of police violence. But it did not come out through the Antioch Police Department. After, I think, people started learning about what happened to Angelo, I was seeing his face and his name, like, all over socials uh, by people in the Filipino-American community here in the Bay, but also nationwide. And, like, Filipino organizations across the country are now demanding justice for Angelo in Antioch. And it seemed like this tension seemed to have kind of all come to a head at the city council meeting that you watched in February. Can you give me a sense of, of what folks were saying? People were outraged. They were heartbroken, hearing this family story, hearing their pain. My name is Cassandra Quinto Collins. Recently experienced and witnessed the traumatic loss of my son, Angelo Quinto, who should not have died. This should have not happened. He pleaded for his life. Nothing can bring Angelo back, but we will call on you to support reform the Antioch Police Department. That translated to people having just deep emotions. And so people brought that to the city council meeting. My name is Diana Collins Fuente. I am one of Angelo's titas. On the morning, December 24th, I received a text that marked the beginning of the unfathomable grief and devastating pain and rage of having a loved one taken from us. My nephew, Angelo, ripped from the arms of his mother, ripped from our lives. And part of that was about the fact that they felt it had been hidden or somehow not talked about for so long, that they were only now talking about it in late February, when this is something that had happened at the very end of December. I keep thinking, too, about how what people were learning about what happened to Angelo Quinta was also happening at the same time that that people were seeing so much violence being reported in, in the media up towards members of the Asian American community across the country, including Filipino Americans who live here. And so just the, the rawness of the timing of that was just a lot. Yes. Now you're 
you're absolutely, absolutely, absolutely correct that um, that this also came in the midst of a narrative that was building about violence against Asian Americans. And while this conversation is kind of exploding at these city council meetings and people are sharing their pain about seeing what happened to Angelo, what is the Antioch police saying about the killing of Angelo Quinto? The Antioch Police Department basically says, you know, look, we're going to investigate this. We're going to hire an outside investigator to come in and actually do, you know, a full-scale internal investigation of this police killing because it's 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 so high profile. Additionally and separately, this case will also undergo an independent third-party administrative investigation to determine if there were any violation of departmental policies. And on behalf of myself and the men and women of the Antioch Police Department, I would like to express our deepest condolences to the Quinto family for their devastating loss. That is my statement. I have time for a few questions. I want to step back for a second and say that's actually a very, very new phenomenon, the idea of external investigations into Antioch police and particularly into police killings. So this is actually a a really rather kind of radical change that you have them saying, we're going to hire an outside investigator to come in and look at this case and figure out what happened. But they don't explain what happens in the gap of time between when they are holding or restraining or dealing with Angelo Quinto, and when the paramedics arrive to take him to the hospital where he eventually dies. In a press conference last week, Antioch Police Chief Tammany Brooks said there were no signs that Angelo Quinto's death had anything to do with police's conduct that day, and that there were no signs of strangulation. I want to kind of zoom out a little bit here because you've been covering changes in Antioch for years. And I'm curious if what happened to Angelo Quinto surprises you at all. No. I mean, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. Antioch is one of the most reform-resistant police departments that I have ever covered. We still don't have body cameras on the Antioch Police Department. I think that that's definitely going to change. But the fact that it took Angelo Quinto's death and um, a kind of public national spotlight on Antioch and on one police killing to to make that happen is is telling about Antioch's ability to change itself. There's also kind of, I think, as you've reported on before, like a very back the blue culture in Antioch. Can you just talk a little bit about about that context? So Antioch has been for a long time a very traditional, uh, pro-police, more conservative community. Um, You have to kind of think about the geography of, of Antioch, right? It's right on the mouth of the Delta. It's sort of it, it, it's right on the kind of the lip of the Central Valley. Um, it sits on the edge of farmland. It sits on the edge of the waterways that kind of wind their way towards Sacramento. And Antioch is very much a place located in some ways between worlds. You know, 30 years ago, it was all white. Uh, it was not a place where black people were. It was not a place where people of color were, where Filipino people were, where Asian Americans were, where Latinos were. And it is very much transformed. And there is a very strong, loyal police culture. 
Policing issues in Antioch are not new, but what is different about the context in which Angelo Quinto was killed? Yeah, so you have a new majority on on the Antioch City Council that just happened in this past November. What you also have is a majority black city council. And it's striking because it's already changing policy and it's already changing policy around policing. Antioch Mayor Lamar Thorpe is ready to make good on his campaign promises. On Monday, he announced a long list of police reform measures he says will give the department tools to do their job. One of the things that Mayor Lamar Thorpe does in in response to the Quinto case, in response to protests, in response to all of these things, is he puts out a package of police reforms. Thorpe and Vice Mayor Monica Wilson say mental health will be the focal point of reforms. As our community demands racial justice, it's clear that which include everything from body cams to looking towards having uh, mental health responders that are separate than the police department, right, which is something that a lot of cities are doing. Nothing has actually happened yet. But you do see this as an opportunity for it to actually happen, just given what given the conversation around Angelo Quinto's death. I think at the very least, we're going to see body cameras in Antioch, which, you know, is not something that I thought was possible a year ago. I I also kind of wanted to hit on this point that we've talked about before on this show about just this growing activist infrastructure in Antioch that is also different. Can you tell me about how how these new activist infrastructures are kind of playing a role in the Angelo Quinto case? So we have seen in the past year a rise in activism in our Bay Area suburbs. In places that you may not have thought of as big activist hubs before, you have growing young activist communities. And so you have this new infrastructure that is this activist infrastructure that is being built out there that just did not exist before. The dynamics of city council have changed. The dynamics of the activist community have changed. And the conversation around the nation has changed around policing. So it's it's all of these things all coming together at once uh, to really actually create a moment where people are talking about police reform in Antioch. And I think it might actually happen. Thank you, Sandia. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Right in the thick of public outcry over Angelo Quinto's death, yet another man died while in police custody in Antioch. Arturo Gomez Kalel died after a struggle with police on February 24th, and we're just beginning to learn more details about that incident. Meanwhile, the Quinto family and their supporters are demanding an end to the knee-to-neck restraint by Antioch police, accountability for the officers involved, body and dash cams for the police department, and investment in alternatives to mental health crisis response. The family is planning a candlelight vigil for Angelo in Antioch this Wednesday for his 31st birthday. His family is asking those in attendance to wear blue in his honor. Sandia Dirks is race and equity reporter for KQED. And if you haven't already, I would suggest you check out her podcast with the Bay's very own Devin Kariyama. It's called American Suburb for a much deeper dive into the demographic changes in Antioch over the years. This episode was produced by Aditi Bandlamuri, Devin Karayama, and me. Our intern is Shailen Martos. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Alan will be your host on Wednesday. Take care.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. <laughs>